Welcome to the Tech Policy Podcast. I'm Ash Kazarian. On today's show, we're going to talk about Spectrum and if 5G can give you coronavirus. Joining me is Nathan Lemer, Vice President of Targeted Victory. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ash. So Nathan, before we dive into these exciting topics, uh, can you give our listeners a background um, on Targeted Victory, like what Targeted Victory does, and then some personal background so they understand how do you fit in in the world of telecom? Sure. That uh, Yeah, so I uh, work at Targeted Victory. We are a public affairs firm based in Arlington, Virginia, um, and I work... Uh, pretty closely with a number of uh, corporate clients on kind of the intersection of technology and policy, um, kind of advising and giving perspective on on a host of uh, uh, issues related to emerging technology, telecom, uh, uh, internet regulations writ large. And then before Target Victory, I worked for almost three years for Chairman Ajit Pai at the FCC, where I served as a policy advisor uh, and working on issues like net neutrality, um, media ownership, 5G, um, got to really see the, the, how the sausage is made, uh, working closely with the chairman and his senior team, as well as the other commissioners. Um, and before then, I was at R Street, where I was a senior fellow uh, and outreach manager working on emerging tech and, and <laughs> uh, innovation policy. And then before then, uh, I did a couple other stints at some think tanks and then also um, uh, as a Hill staffer for Representative Justin Amash. Yes, and for our listeners, I met Nathan in his R Street days when he was known as one of the most famous DC hipsters, and no one thought he was going to sell his soul to the world of telecom. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a crazy world we take, although at least I wasn't a substitute teacher back then. That's the more important part. Right, yeah, I think you forgot to mention that you, this all started off as you being a substitute teacher. I'm sure you're very glad you're not one right now. No, it would be really tough um, right shout now. Shout out to all the teachers out there, your heroes, you're my heroes. Um, all right. So uh, that's definitely a lot of experience. And I'm glad to have you on because there's so much confusion right now, I mean, about everything, but especially about 5G. Let's start with the 5G coronavirus thing. Sure. Um, I've seen John Cusack, um, the guy from Tell Me Say Anything. I don't say know. Anything. I'm too young to have seen that movie. I just have seen that meme. Um, so he claimed that 5G technology and 5G deployment is what gave Americans coronavirus, and so have a couple of a couple of other reality show celebrities. What do you have to say to them? So this has been a really problematic uh, 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 conspiracy that I've seen floated around. I think I saw a number of celebrities, including Woody Harrelson and and John Cusack, talk about this, uh, as well as a CCTV footage from a Dutch business park showing a man in a black cat pouring uh, the contents of a white container at the base of a cellular radio tower, and people assuming that the flames that burst out of that had some connection to 5G, uh, to COVID, as if like the 5G waves that came out of that uh, tower would then infect the rest of the community with um, uh, a coronavirus. And so it's been this like kind of crazy conspiracy kind of going down the wormhole. Um, I've seen a number of people doing that. And and it's one of these, you know, myths you see on, on, on social media in times like this where people are trying to look for answers. And so they're trying to look for anything uh, and everything. Um, it's clearly false. It, it's not true. Um, there's a lot of science behind uh, what 5G does and does not do. Um, and the fact is that, that 5G is safe uh, for, for consumers. Um, it has no connection to COVID or, or even other sicknesses and illnesses. Um, uh, this is something the FCC has, has investigated and looked into, as well as other 
uh, health-related agencies. And, and you know, while, while people bring up concerns about, you know, brainwaves or, or, or uh, other things like that, I, I think you, you have more of a chance of getting uh, issues from your transistor radio in your house or, for example, actual real issues of, like, posture or, like, light uh, uh, vision issues from, like, staring at your screen all day. Uh, which are real things to consider um, and things like addiction to like, you know, Farmville or TikTok videos that, that are things that we should be thinking about, not like these conspiracy theories that have no connection to health. I think we can definitely file that under the theories of um, mobile phones giving us cancer and things like that um, and uh, move on because that's literally conspiracy theory. It's not a contested partisan issue. Mm-hmm. And for the love of God, find something else to do in this pandemic, maybe bake some banana bread. That's exactly um, what is your what is your baking of choice right now? Is it banana bread? I don't bake. If I start baking, please someone call 911 because that's a signal for help. Okay. We'll 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 flag that. Uh okay, so now that we've covered the obvious that needed to be set, let's go into spectrum. Spectrum is such a tricky and very technologically challenging question to cover. And both you and I I know experts in the technology side of this, but we've definitely worked on these issues long enough to obviously have an opinion. And I'm happy to have a technology expert, but half of my audience is going to turn off the (laughs) podcast right away. Um, So, okay, let's start with what is spectrum exactly? Like, what are examples of spectrum? No, that's a fantastic question. The spectrum is basically electromagnetic spectrum that covers um, all the magnetic waves in different frequencies from very low, like one hertz to above 10 gigahertz. Um, and so every one of these waves um, can be used for, for different technologies, such as radio waves or your cell phone, LTE coverage, or your microwave, or even uh, if for those of you who have a garage opener all, or, or, or a baby monitor, um, you know, those are, those use different parts of the spectrum waves, uh, and, and these basically, you know, imaginary, not imaginary, but invisible waves, um, uh, basically allow us to use these new technologies, um, that help us with all sorts of connectivity. Uh, and so when you think about, uh, uh 3G world or 4G world that we live in today, um, using a certain bands of the spectrum, uh, uh, to generate this this technology, to use this technology, and the five G is like the next generation of of uh, of this internet protocol that would allow us to 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 be be interconnected. Um, and so so again, you're using different parts of the spectrum, both in the low, medium, medium, and high band waves of spectrum to 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 accomplish this. And again, I totally lost your audience already on this, but um, this is a super important uh, component to. Uh, explaining public policy and explaining how we can use this new technology. Right. So that was what spectrum is. Basically, guys, it's like waves. It's waves in the air. It's invisible waves. Please don't get into conspiracy theories again. Now, there have been, you and I were joking uh, before we started recording about the spectrum wars. And uh, in the telecom world, there definitely were these huge turf wars, in a sense, over certain allocation of spectrum. Do you want to give us some examples? No, that's a great thing. So, so, and this is where it's tricky with the spectrum wars. So generally it's understandable that different industries uh, might be in competition with one another to use a certain technology. So for example, if you're, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in the in the auto industry, you might want to do it one way, or if you're in the wireless space, you want to do it some way, or maybe cable, you do it a different way. And so, since uh, spectrum is a limited band of what you can use 
the technology, you know, you have to kind of make a, a, an argument about why your use case is more effective or utilitarian than, than your competitor. And that makes sense. And everyone kind of deals with that. The, the trouble is when you have um, different agencies, federal agencies like Department of Transportation or Department of Defense who want to hold on to these large swaths of spectrum so that private industry can't use it. And they want to hold on to it because they may want to use it in a particular way at some point. So let's say your Department of Defense, you want to create some sort of uh, machine or some sort of weapon that may want to use a particular band of spectrum 20, 30, 40 years from now. And so you want to hold on to this valuable spectrum that is super limited, um, a limited resource because you want to use it down the road instead of a company that could use it right now for um, next generation uh, first responder response system or, uh, or or the backbone of the 5G network. All right. So there is the Department of Defense yes. and FCC having fun times. Yes. Um, should, quote unquote. Uh, should I explain what those guys are doing? <laughs> What's going on there? Um, sure. I mean, uh, quick disclaimer, whatever Nathan says next is not Tech Freedom's position. And it's just Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, no. So generally the FCC and again, working at the FCC, um, you know, their primary responsible is for allocating uh, the spectrum and allocating uh, how this should be used. Uh, they work in partnership with a number of different agencies, um, but the FCC has the lead. And so, again, you at Tech Freedom may have a position about how they work on, on one on one particular band of the spectrum. But the reality is the FCC has that decision. They have oversight from Congress and they work with federal agencies. But over the past two years, as the FCC has been charged with leading the way on 5G and leading the way on enabling next generation Wi-Fi and, and, other, and other technologies, um, we've had a problem where these agencies are, are holding on to this valuable resource and are not willing to compromise or work with uh, public or private partners to uh, better use this spectrum. Um, and so a couple examples of that would be uh, for, for those of you who care about drive, uh, auto, autonomous vehicles or even driver safety and, and, and questions about uh, uh, how you can use spectrum. I to, care. You I care. want a driverless car. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to drive. I really would like a driverless car. Um, not that I can take it anywhere right now, but it would be nice for the next time when the apocalypse comes so I can get out of my um, studio apartment and not be right now in the middle of DC. The, the real question for you is, uh, uh, are, are you are you going to podcast your driver's test? That's what I want to see a live stream of, of you doing the driver's test. But okay. no, that, I would actually go viral. Maybe that's my <laughs> claim to fame. So back to that connection of driver uh, of, of driving and, and, and uh, the FCC and the Spectrum Wars, back in 1990, the FCC thought a particular technology called DSRC would be uh, an effective way of promoting driver safety and uh, interconnectivity between different vehicles. Um, and they allowed DOT and the auto industry to basically use this very valuable spectrum in the 5.9 space uh, for research and development of the DSRC system that would allow cars to basically talk to one another and help you know, with safety. The problem is, DOT, Department of Transportation, has never really used that technology. They've never really found it useful. Um, it hasn't really gained the traction they thought it would. Um, and then also, uh, the many parts of the auto industry are using to a different system called CV to X or, or vehicle to vehicle um, technology. You have lost people. Yes, I have, I'm sure. <laughs> but the problem is. Um, <laughs> so, what is vehicle to vehicle is basically cars talking to each exactly, other, right? Exactly. So, it's explain like, this to me like I'm your grandmother, Nathan. There you go, Ash. Okay. Basically, think of it as two different protocols uh, in which uh, uh, you communicate 
vehicle to vehicle. DSRC is not been effective and not been uh, a, a productive way of, of having that vehicle to vehicle communication. And VT, uh, VT, V2X uh, uh, community, uh, protocol has been an effective way of doing it. The problem is um, uh, the FCC has wanted to move to enable uh, this very valuable spectrum to be used more appropriately to allow v uh, CVDX and also um, enter uh, next-generation Wi-Fi technology. And so there's been this fight between Department of Transportation um, and uh, the FCC over the future of this particular spectrum ban. And after years of negotiation and back and forth that really stalled the use of this of this spectrum ban, you've had um, uh, a, a, a is just basically a stalling that has basically kept us from being able to use this technology more most effectively. All right. So we talked about FCC and for our listeners, the Federal Communications Commission, in case you guys were, you know, zoning out on what that was, versus the Department of Defense. Mm -hmm. Then we talked about FCC versus the Department of Transportation. Who else has the FCC gotten into a fight with? Because this is exciting. I'm kind of really pulling for both Chairman Pai and Commissioners Carr and Rosenworcel and uh, O'Reilly and Commissioner Starks. Uh, I think they are so much more fun to watch when they're not fighting each other, but like fighting someone else on the outside. That's true. By Right? Yeah. No, that's a great point. Uh, and in fact, that's what's been interesting about the FCC as an independent agency is they really do have the technical expertise um, in this space. And it's not, you know, specific to transportation issues or specific to Department of Defense it's, it, or, 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 or Commerce or, 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 or NASA. It's like a holistic understanding. And so they work with the industry. They also work with the public partners and, and they are entrusted to make these decisions. And they generally make these decisions um, uh, in a bipartisan manner. It's not like net neutrality. It's not like some of the more controversial issues. They really do work together. Um, another example of this spectrum war is on the um, 24 gigahertz auction yawn now. Um, but as the FCC was preparing to move on this 24 gigahertz auction, there was a rumor spread around through uh, NOAA, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the agency in charge of like weather forecasting, that somehow this 24 gigahertz spectrum auction would lead to the end of weather forecasting as we know it. And there was a study that was using that was. I'm sorry, that's like my favorite. Like the DoD guys are really serious. Please don't come for me. Right. I'm already an imprint <laughs> in a very very difficult position. The DoD people are great. Um, Secretary Chow is a badass. Yeah. <laughs> the Weber people. The Weber people are really. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Continue. No, it, 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 no, it's exactly right. I mean, it was basically. Um, you know, there was there was letters going around that senators claim FCC's 24 gigahertz 5G auction could harm weather forecasts and limit our ability to forecast the weather as we know it. And what, what you'll come down and realize, and, and there's some reports on this, is that <laughs> they were basing this analysis on um, a study of a, of a radar system in which the radar wasn't a even activated. So what they were concerned about was, was interference within the frequency. So the waves, you know, interfering with one another. But the reality is that the, the radar that they were, uh, the antenna that they were evaluating doesn't even exist and isn't even in use. Um, and so they were basing out this false study and then it prevented this huge conversation of like, 
oh my goodness, could we like not predict hurricanes? Could we like, you know, not predict, you know, snow and that sort of thing. And so you saw Capital Weather Gang write stories about this and meteorologists tweeting about this. But at the end of the day, it was based on like a faulty analysis of the record. And um, eventually the FCC moved on it. But again, that was like a, a month or two delay. And every time you delay on 5G deployment across the board or on these technologies, that means companies and, and new applications and, and, and new players in the market have to delay their implementation of, uh, of this new technology. And, and that slows everything down. It's like, you know, air FCC is the air traffic control, and they're trying to bring in all these different airplanes in at the, same, at the right time. And when you hold one up, it holds everything else up. Oh my gosh. I mean, it is fascinating to me how territorial mm -hmm. people are and how little they care about connectivity and innovation, especially as we as a country are struggling uh, so much right now. And the only thing keeping us all sane is basically the connectivity. Right. And um, let's give a shout out to the FCC. Uh, they have been real heroes and working so hard and I mean, if it wasn't for them, I am not sure. I mean, this country would have descended into darkness. <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, you're 100% right. It's funny that an agency that, that's been the center of a lot of hyperbole um, has actually, at the end of the day, been been super effective at, at, at connecting as many Americans as possible and trying to find new ways of, of doing uh, development uh, in this space. All right. And the last uh, spectrum question is, there's many bands that we didn't really use that word that much, but they're like mid-bands and there are so many letter c band mm -hmm. just so many bands uh yes. what is the l band <laughs> is it the love band is it no that's a good question the band? so so the, <laughs> the 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 l band is um a range of frequencies in the radio spectrum from one to two gigahertz um and and so this has been uh in some ways an underutilized band within the with, within the spectrum about uh, how it can be used um and, and so it, it has been a place of, of, of recent conversation because uh, GPS uh, systems are located in the L-band, um, as well as the Galileo navigation system. And so, but it also has some interest from Department of Defense. And the biggest kind of question recently has been uh, uh, at the FCC has been whether uh, a company called Legato could operate and use their uh, 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 properties within, within the L-band spectrum. Uh, and this has been hotly contested, but not as much from other industries, as much as it's, again, from Department of Defense, who would like to use this spectrum at some point down the road. That's, to be honest, they'll never admit that, but that's really what's going on here. And so they spent... Uh, the I thought they said that this had something to do with GPS dis so, disruption. Yeah, so so according to, the, according to their analysis, it would deal with, with, with frequency interference. But as the FCC explains in their order that they released last week... And again, this could be hotly debated, and, and tech freedom other groups may or may not have different positions on this. But um, we don't have yeah, exactly. On but, this. but my point was, uh, uh, if you look at the record, it's been fascinating to watch. The FCC has explained what the science is and where the engineering is, and um, you know, people could disagree with that, and there's petitions, and that's fine. But what has been really fascinating for people who are insiders and watching this has been over the past several months, you have seen other agencies dropping letters or hints or kind of passive aggressive uh, comments to kind of intimidate the FCC to move one way or the not. And so instead of relying on the record or 
questions about the interference, potential interference, and how do you mitigate that against that? And what are the right rules of the road? It's been, we're just going to um, try to keep the FCC from making a decision they're, they're, they're congressionally uh, required to make. Um, and, and that has been uh, a really disappointing but fresh but but interesting uh, process to watch because uh, this chairman um, and the other commissioners, both on, on Republican and Democrat, basically came together this week and said, no, the FCC has the authority and we're going to move ahead in this approval. We're going to establish some rules of the road and mitigate against potential frequency concerns. And there might be reasons in the record to like that or not. But we're not going to be intimidated by other agencies, particularly Department of Defense, who want to intimidate us to move one way or the other. But again, like this, just like it's the latest example of, you know, how how you can work together as uh, as interagencies or also how you cannot work together. Um, and as and as we look at uh, 5G writ large and, and the huge undertaking it takes for Congress, the White House and different administration uh, 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 agencies and independent agencies to work together. There, there, there's a right way of doing it and there's a wrong way of doing it. Well, thank you so much for such a in-depth overview. Um, it's definitely very important for people to know about these issues. Is there anything you want to say uh, for our listeners kind of to wrap up, to give them a sense of where to go, where to look for more information on this and just in general kind of how to critically think about these issues? Yeah, so it's it, a good question. This is clearly one of the most difficult, nuanced, wonky of issues you can get. And um, uh, uh, I totally understand people wanting to zone out. But if you made it this far, you realize um, these are really important issues because it really acts as the backbone of, of our entire uh, next generation internet system and the way that we engage with one another and communicate with one another and all these um interagencies negotiations and these proceedings are really important. So I would recommend you check out the FCC's website, uh, FCC.gov, and look at their 5G Fast Plan, which lays out the FCC's um, uh, uh, White House endorsed, by the way, approach to uh, uh, 5G. Uh, but then also, you know, look at ways the different con congressional offices and and, and others are, are looking at, at making this uh, 5G a reality, but not just 5G, looking at next generation Wi-Fi, whether it's on the 6 gigahertz issue um, uh, 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 proceeding, or as well as the 5.9 uh, gigahertz proceeding, where, where you're looking at how you can use these technologies, both Wi-Fi and 5G together, to make a, a better connected country going forward. Awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. I believe this is the first time you have been on the show, correct? This is, yeah. Or have you? No, this is the first time. What's funny, Ash, um, uh, I, I have been in the studio to hear uh, my my former boss uh, be on the show with you guys. Um, I love your show. You guys are great. You're way better than the former host. A Evan is nothing compared to you. Um, but like. And uh, Evan is, you're now, um, I'm kind of Evan's. Uh, not replacement, what's the word? Successor. successor yeah. I'm Evan's successor, and Evan is your successor at the FCC. You know, it's the circle of life. Yeah, Evan is basically the Kevin Bacon of telecom, is really how you think of it. Evan <laughs> Source Traveler of, of tech freedom fame. But, like, again, it, it just, you guys have been doing a great job uh, telling these different stories, not just in Spectrum, but telecom and tech writ large. Um, and, I, and I look forward to kind of seeing what you guys do next. So, thanks again for having me. Where can our listeners follow you? Uh, I, I am. Sadly, on Twitter, uh, at Nathan Lemer, DC. Yeah, you can also check out our website, targetvictory.com, uh, and, get, and get, get in touch with me. Happy to, to, to engage more on these issues. Thank you, Nathan, for joining us. Uh, please subscribe and review our podcast because I know you have nothing else to do. So please help us out. Uh, I hope everyone is staying safe and sane, and I will see people before I go crazy. Tech
Policy Podcast is produced and distributed by Tech Freedom, a nonpartisan nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C. To learn more about our work, make a tax deductible donation, or find other episodes, find us online at techfreedom.com.